1: Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello. This is Polly, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And you know, I think those things living well, feeling good about the lives we are living, really come down to how well we deal with adversity because that is gonna come down, right? We are going to be faced with challenges probably on a daily basis at all degrees. The scary diagnosis, the worldwide pandemic, for example, right? Uh, Challenges in parenting or marriages, financial issues, there are going to be things that come into our lives. I was at a conference where I was speaking a couple of years ago and one of the questions from the audience was, are you just happy all the time? And um, I can tell you, no way. I am not happy all the time and that's okay. I think part of being alive is feeling all of it. It's how we manage those ups and downs though that help me to live a joyful and meaningful life. Not always fun not always happy, but I have the confidence to know that when adversity comes down, there are things I can do to deal with it, to respond to it. And often our response to adversity is the only thing we have control over. So you know, you've heard this from me before, resilience is one of my favorite topics. I write about it, I speak about it, and we're going to go deep into it today. I think it's essential to living a good life. And I have my friend, a writer, editor, and author, and creative of Bloom Where You Are Planted stories on the Bloom Anywhere website, Gwen Moran is here today. Hey, Gwen. Hey, Polly. How are you? Well, I'm excited to have you. You know, we were talking before. I've been waiting for years to talk to you
0: because we've been in social media lives forever forever literally um, yeah this is so exciting and you're um, you've reached out for one of my favorite topics too so um it, you know I think over the past uh, year and a half now I keep wanting to say year but it's been far more than a year um, we've we've seen resilience in action like few times in our lives really we've all had to think about that on
1: some level or respond to these circumstances. And you came at this from a very personal direction years ago. What what got you most interested
0: in resilience? So I've I've written about um, business, small business and career for for many years. Um, But 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and the topic of resilience became very real. And I was going through chemotherapy treatments and um, I eschewed wigs, I walked around uh, with a scarf on my head, and I was at the soccer field one day at my daughter's practice and one of the moms was just horrified and turned to me and she said what are you doing here, why aren't you home resting and in bed. And, you know, it was a day that I felt pretty good. Chemotherapy has its ups and downs. And, you know, you have days where you want to get out and you feel pretty good. And um, frankly, I hadn't even thought about the fact that I looked so different that day. But um, it made me think, well, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I be here enjoying my daughter um, out playing the game that she loves and enjoying this beautiful day. And it, it really made me think about how some folks take tough times and, and just keep going. And others sort of fold up their tents and go home. And so I started exploring the difference and why certain people are just able to weather and recover from diff- difficult circumstances or challenges. Is that
1: how you define resilience? Is it our ability to bounce back or not? Or is, is it some a quality that we all have just to different degrees?
0: Well, I think it is a quality that we all have. Um, that is my rough definition. Although I think it's a resilience is a very nuanced topic and it's tough to right. uh, distill it down into, you know, punchline. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that um, this is something that we all have. And in fact, um, I, I think it's something that we can all develop more fully in ourselves. And, and I have some, um, uh, some habits and some steps that folks can do to do that.
1: And I, I think that's a really important point that it's nuanced because I have felt it changing throughout my life, too. I live with chronic illness and um, as I'm aging, it's progressing in a different way. And so each day or each month, I have new things to learn about. And um, mornings are especially difficult. And, and I'm laying in bed, and I know some people don't get up, but that's not even an option. Like, I don't even think in those terms. And I don't know how I'm wired that way except when I began learning about this, these were things that I practiced, right? I don't feel good. (laughs) It's not like I'm loving how my body feels in the morning, but I love some other things in my life. And so maybe that's what I focus on. I don't know what it is. Have you arrived at some conclusion as why some people are able to uh, express the resilience in
0: this way and others struggle with it more? Is there any answer to that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that people who have, um, great reserves of resilience. Um, from my research have six commonalities or, um, six things that they do pretty regularly. Um, and I can go into those if you'd like. Sure. Um, so first and foremost, they, they build relationships. They have meaningful, uh, connections with other people, family, friends, uh, colleagues, Um, And even social media acquaintances, you know, and friends, we know that um, in this digital age, we form very deep bonds with some people that we've never even met in person before. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, they have these connections that sustain them and feed their, um, feed their strength, help, uh, help them process things when they go wrong. And, um, and, you know, just give them a constant source of love and belonging. I think one thing that resilient people do that is critically important and often misunderstood um, is reframing events. So when something bad happens, or when you're when you're suffering um, from something, there is an opportunity to look at it a few different ways. So, for example, you know if you You're having a bad day, you can ruminate on the bad day, and all of the things that are going wrong. Or you can take a look at the things that went right, you can get up from your desk, and you can go take a walk and try to reset. Um, And you can sort of look for what the, the thing to be grateful for is. Um, And I think that um, that's often mistaken for toxic positivity, uh, which is taking reframing too far and not admitting that, yes, this is a bad day. Um, yes, I'm, I'm struggling today um, and I'm just going to push through it and ignore all of that bad stuff. Instead, it's acknowledging the struggles that you're having and taking a look at the situation in a slightly different way. I think that's
1: so important to acknowledge that you can have a bad day, bad things happening and still have good things in your life, right? We are that complicated, we are that complex, we can hold it all. And I think knowing what you're feeling, all the good, all the bad is really useful. And research tells us that when we're able to label our emotions, we can become more curious and less reactive and that can take the stress off which can help us feel better. And these other things too that, that contribute to our resilience. But I think that's really essential. I'm, I'm tend to be high on the optimism scale and sometimes people mistake that for me not feeling bad. Of course I feel bad. I, I'm well aware of the challenges that I have in my life and the situations and there are bad days and within those difficult emotions, there also there's also appreciation and gratitude, like you said. And and funny things happen, absurd things happen that I try to notice. And so I think that's really important. We get caught up saying, well, just think positive thoughts and it's all going to be better. That's
0: not how it works for me. No, not at all. It's it's the merging of the acknowledgement of the challenge and the willingness to still be curious about um the alternative ways to look at it or the um, or or the good things in, in this situation or in your life. Absolutely.
1: You've got a few more items I want to hear also. And as you go forward, uh, you know, you said you had a couple of practices for us. So as you go forward, if there are ways we can cultivate some of this, I'm open to that too.
0: So I think a simple exercise to exercise that reframing muscle is a simple pad of paper. Um, and we've seen this. Um, This play out in I think Sex in the City. Uh, Miranda uh, used this to decide whether to stay in her relationship. But um, you you take a simple pad of paper and you divide it into the good and the bad. And you know what's going on in your life that that is challenging you. And you can you know embrace the negative. um, Take a look at the challenges that you're facing. I find that the simple act of writing things out sometimes. Brings greater clarity to me, um, and then look at the good. Um, you know, look at if a situation has a redeeming value. Um, has it taught you something? Has it forced you to look elsewhere in your life for um, for positives? Have has it changed your perspective about something or given you more empathy? You know, um, there are often opportunities in adversity that we simply have to acknowledge.
1: Absolutely. I think it's, it's about, in my book, You Recharged, I have, um, in fact I'll make this a simply nifty if you folks want to get into this I have emotional emergency preparedness kit because we have these reserves you know in my family in our garage of these canned foods and bottles of water and all these things I think we need to have that for our emotional side and and that includes relaxation response practices you know deep breathing or meditation it, it includes emotional reality check but it also includes reframing and perspective recognizing that um, all these things can be true at the same time. We can feel incredible grief or fear or sadness and still notice the good. And I think it's worth doing. But for me, Gwen, that has to be very deliberate. Like I will get caught up in the ruminating, right? And I have to physically, like you said, get up and move my body or make a list or do something to disengage from that one path that I'm going down and pull me back toward the other a little more.
0: Yeah. And sometimes it's as simple as changing your environment. I I think we all forget the power of just walking outside and getting a breath of fresh air or um, putting on some music that we love or, you know, having some other sensory stimulation that kind of snaps us out of the rumination.
1: Absolutely. How does this show up for you and your practice? Um, When you're in the middle of a hard business meeting, or uh, when you're dealing with something in your daughter's life or a health issue, what are some of the things that you personally do?
0: So I'm an off the charts extrovert. So um, the way that I tend to seek a reset is through connection with other people. Um, I have a, a tight core group of friends who I can call who Kind of know me and know my need to talk things out and, you know, don't try to solve it for me. They just let me get it out, which typically helps. Um, I also have um, some deep breathing exercises that I do. Getting outside is definitely a, a way that I reset. Um, and then, you know, simply um, doing a short gratitude practice where I take a moment, I reflect on the things that I have to be grateful for in my life. Um, and that really does, some combination of those things usually work to change my perspective. Maybe I won't be happy or, or elated. Um, I may still feel the weight of the struggle that I'm going through, but at least I have the perspective to keep going and to try to find solutions and further alleviate it.
1: Yeah, I think that's really the key is we just need to move the dial just a bit. You don't have to go from depressed to joyful. You can go from depressed to bored or curious or something there on the chart just so you can get up and get some clarity about what to do next. And I I think when we start taking that kind of action, just those little steps forward, uh, that that helps a lot to make us feel stronger. Even, even if we don't know we are, if we believe we can get stronger, I think there's a, there's some value in that or we can find the solutions through the mess of it all. One thing that really surprised me, and I have a dedicated practice and I have for years now, but those gratitude exercises, I mean, 10 years ago, people started to make a gratitude, and it seemed so simple to me. Uh, I put it off a long time, or I just say it in my head and not really spend. Now I'm in for many years, I've done a gratitude list. And, and also I say, I give thanks in my head for certain things. That's a really powerful, simple exercise that has, that almost always can push me around, turn me around a little bit to see another possibility instead of all the bad stuff that's going on. So it can be simple. You can sit there and pull out your list, like Gwen was talking about and write down, things that you're grateful for in the moment and give yourself a beat to feel those. Gwen, how do you do your gratitude exercise?
0: Um, it's simply a piece of paper and a pen. Um, okay. Some people prefer to work on their phones or on their laptops um, and that's fine, but I simply make a list. Um, and if I'm not in a place where I have access to that, I'll just do it in my head. Um, and I try to come up with five things to, um, you know some days it's 3 <laughs> um yeah. and some days it's much more but you know that actually ties into another commonality um that resilient people tend to have which is um a sense of purpose you know they they have Um, they recognize something bigger than themselves. And and that could be their relationships. It could be the blessings in their lives. It could be a great job or a great partner or healthy kids, you know, all of those things um, serve to give us a greater meaning in the world. And, um, you know, that is part of a practice of resilience. Absolutely. We are all connected
1: and your energy and your effort matters here, right? What you do in your day influences what I do in my day because we're giving this energy out to the world. And if you if you don't believe me, act kindly towards somebody and see what happens because we know that that spreads. So if you're lacking purpose, I've had many people say, I don't even know what my purpose is. Yeah, you do. What, what you're doing in relationship with other people, the energy you're bringing, the difference you're making that way, that adds purpose. We just sometimes need to get quiet and go looking for the meaning in our lives.
0: What else can we do, Gwen? So one of the most important things I think people can do is um, related to balance in life. Um, Resilient people tend to get their identity from multiple places. So I think we've all seen people who identify solely with their careers or they identify solely as being a parent or... or through their volunteer work. So, um, when you place so much emphasis on one area of your life, when that area goes bad, it is a gut punch that can be really hard to recover from. If you identify primarily with your career, and then something really bad happens in your career, you have uh, you know public embarrassment, or you lose your job, or you know something along those lines happens all of a sudden, you know, your primary source of identity has been smeared or is gone. And you don't have anywhere to go with that. Whereas if you've cultivated your life so that you have balance, and you have, a, you know, you have a job, you like your job, you have relationships, you have friendships, you have uh, a spiritual practice, you have, you know, maybe volunteer work or a hobby or something that you enjoy doing in your spare time, and you get a a little bit from each of these buckets, man, you're set up to bounce back because no one thing is going to take you down and you can turn to all of these other areas in your life to draw strength. I
1: think that is huge. I've been on the other side of that. When I was starting my my writing business years ago, I was single. I was living on my own. I was self-supporting all these things and I was loving it, but all my energy was going to work. And guess what? Then you lose an assignment or the economy tanks or businesses down for a month and you're scared. And I looked around and there wasn't a whole lot else going on because I'd invested all this time and energy in building the business. So I I got a cat and (laughs) then I had to take care of this cat. And then I started connecting better. I became a better friend and I I became, um, you know, less, less self-focused on, on the building the business and more focused on building a lifestyle. And, um, that is so protective for me because that's where my gratitude comes from. When something is tanking, like you said, I can look at these other things. Well, the marriage is still good, or I still have this friend, or I I still live in this place, or I get to
0: read this book, or whatever it is, and find the sunlight coming back a little bit. Absolutely. One of my friends um, told me that I have sororities of friends, um, that I've cultivated these different groups. I have a writer's group. That's very important to me. I have a group of women that we call ourselves a book club, but it's really so much more than that. Um, you know, I have my, my core group of friends and, you know, even diversifying in your relationship space, um, gives you different options when you, you know, when you're facing adversity and, and you may even have sort of a brain trust that you call on, depending on the, the challenge that you're facing. I have, you know, professional colleagues that I call on when I'm facing a work challenge and, you know, some friends who are really great if I'm going through something personal. So I love
1: that. I'm as introverted as you are extroverted. But I have these little segments, my writer friends and, and my family friends and my college girls. And, and that um, gives me so much joy just to even get a text from one of them say, Hey, thinking about you today, or, or we'll meet for dinner once a month or whatever it is. So I'm telling all the introverts out there, Hey, it's just as valuable. And it can be quiet, it can be on your terms, it can be uh, one or two go to people. But as Gwen is saying about everything, don't put all your eggs in one basket because it's the novelty and diversity and the ideas and uh, that come from all these people that make me better. So I'm, I'm grateful for the people in my life for sure.
0: I think another area that we need to cultivate to be resilient is um, that of forgiveness, the ability mm. to forgive people and let go of hurts and slights. I think we've all held a grudge or two in Dude, our lives. This is hard. This is a hard one for me. It is hard, it, and but what we need to remember is that when we hold on to grudges and hurts and let anger simmer and fester, or feelings of unfairness fester, um, we are giving our power to someone or something else. Um, and resilience research tells us them that people lose effectiveness and they lose power when they feel that there is an unfair system. And uh, that's pretty obvious. But when, when we can turn that around in our heads um, and let go of the hurt, and that's not to say that we forget it or that we let injustices go or we don't address them, but if we can let go of the personally emotional part we can be a lot more effective in seeing things objectively and coming up with solutions. Um, One of the, a woman I interviewed years ago, her name is Lauren Walker. She's an attorney in Hawaii. Uh, She was nearly murdered when she came out of her hotel on a business trip. And, you know, that's an experience that very few of us will ever have, thank goodness. But she has evolved to become a, a leader in the restorative justice movement where people who have been the victims of violent crime actually work on active forgiveness of the people who harm them. Um, and, And it's remarkable when you see the healing power of letting go of such a grave injustice. And so that taught me that if she can forgive a person who caused her so much harm. I can certainly forgive someone who has slighted me in a much less serious way.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, I think that what you said uh, really hit me, which I don't want to give my power away again and again. You know, one of the things I do when I'm struggling with this, I do this, on, I do everything on paper. <laughs> I'm a writer and I love office supplies. So any excuse I have to pull out new <laughs> paper and a pen, I'm I'm all over it. But I will reframe my feelings on paper from a more compassionate perspective for the person I'm pissed off at or whatever happened. Unfortunately, I've I've not had an experience like the woman you interviewed or any of those things, but there are little things that I can hold on to in my marriage or things that piss me off that particularly during some of the past election years and, and so forth, I don't want to have in my life, and I have to be very deliberate about this step to, to sit down and look at it from another perspective and show compassion because who I want to be is a compassionate person. So it becomes really all about me restoring my own power, coming back to myself. And, uh, and it, it isn't easy, but you're right. It's freeing when we do that. We get to reclaim ourselves.
0: Absolutely. And um, my sister-in-law was the one who shared with me of a, a mantra that I have and it's hurt people hurt people. Mm. And so, you know, very few of us act entirely out of malice or with the goal of hurting someone else. Often the things that we do are thoughtless or they're just self-serving and we don't realize that they're Causing a negative impact, um, so I try to keep that in mind when someone makes me angry or deals um, me what I perceive as a slight. Um, I similarly try to look at it from their perspective, and and then sometimes there are just people who don't know any better. And mm-hmm. so, if we can give them a little bit of grace, um, we're saving ourselves none of us likes conflict, or at least very few of us do. So, you know, it's tough to say, hey, you really hurt my feelings. But sometimes, you know, the connection that you can foster by being honest and making someone aware that their behavior is affecting you um, is pretty remarkable.
1: It is remarkable. We have to wind it up in a minute, but I have a couple of questions. Do you feel like you're more resilient now than you were um, when you started to practice ten years ago, or, or started working at it more deliberately after the cancer situation,
0: yeah, um, I I feel in some ways yes, but life always finds new ways of dealing <laughs> us something unexpected. So, um, so I think there are different forms of resilience and and different experiences that people have. Uh, that affect them based on who they are and the gravity of the experience.
1: And, you know, there's so many attributes and qualities to resilience that I find that I need some things at different times than other things. When I'm having a physical issue, I draw from different reserves than when I'm parenting my daughter. And I think that's important too. Like, you know, I think if you're in a relationship with anyone, it's going to require some resilience, right? It's not just all the world is falling stuff. It's day-to-day stuff, how to be in partnership, how to run a business. We're going to face different degrees of challenge, and it's how we respond to those challenges and how we pull from these qualities that Gwen has been teaching us about today to do that will determine how well we feel as we're going through it. It's not going to take the problems away. It's just going to make fewer of them, I think. We, we're not going to act from a place of bad behavior as often and create more uh, trouble for ourselves.
0: Right, right.
1: Gwen, tell me a minute before we go about Bloom Anywhere and how we can learn more about your work in the business world and the money world. You write a lot about those topics, but also you, you, you know about resilience and the resources that you have there.
0: So Bloom Anywhere is my effort to take the years of writing Bloom Where You're Planted stories for various uh, media and use what often hit the cutting room floor to help other people. I've had access to some of the top experts in the world about resilience and about joy and about um career and and work. Um, and so the goal here is to really address some of the common challenges that people face and provide a place where there is a sense of belonging. Um, very few of us are alone in our struggles, even though it may feel that way. Some of the loneliest times in my life have taught me that there are lots of other people who are going through things like uh, job loss or illness or financial trouble. So um, I think the first thing to remember is that we're not alone and that there is always some resource that can help us, even if it takes a little bit of uncovering. So through Bloom Anywhere, I hope to share some of those resources and give people the skills that they need and the reassurance they need to find the connection and find the help that they need to move move up or move on. Yeah, check it out. What's the website? Bloomanywhere.com. Okay. And people can find me on Twitter at Gwen Moran.
1: Yes, find Gwen on Twitter, Gwen Moran, and go to Bloom Anywhere because uh, it's a fantastic source of resources. If you have questions, or you're looking for solutions to things, or you're dealing with a particular challenge, it definitely is a place to start connecting to some of the people and the services and ideas that are out there that can help. So check that out. You can find me at polycampbell.com and my newest book, You Recharged, is available at bookstores everywhere. I have things to put into your emotional emergency kit. So if you're interested in this topic of resilience, that's also a resource that just, I mean, I have a list of things that I do. So when I get into a pickle, I I have a place to start because sometimes my mind is just ruminating or scared or whatever. And I'll I'll take a deep breath and and try to ground myself a little bit. And then I have different practices and strategies like windows that kind of help me get out of that. Simply start today by creating your own bounce back kit, Try a reframing practice. If there's a problem in your life or a challenge you're facing or an idea you're obsessing over that you can't get out of your mind, sit down and make your own list. Look at the situation that's troubling you from another perspective and another perspective. You'll probably find many different stories could be told around that situation. Pick one that helps you today and start there. Gwen, I have waited forever to talk to you.
0: Well, Polly, this has been an absolute thrill. I'm a huge fan of your work and I appreciate you having me today.
1: Wow, thank you very much. Ditto, and uh, we'll, we'll come back. We'll talk about more of this. This is something that helps us through the hard stuff. And when we practice and cultivate our own resilience by practicing gratitude and reframing relaxation strategies, that will help us all live well,
0: So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Acid. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the rock podcast
1: back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interview.
0: Electric acid.